All right, again, welcome to everyone tonight. We are studying the book of Judges. We just completed a very good study of the book of Proverbs, and I think we all agree that Brother David Delk did a very good job of taking us through that book. Very thankful for that. Um, I want to start, as I a lot of times do, with, especially with Old Testament studies, uh, which are sometimes a little less familiar than our New Testament studies because they're books that we may not read as often as in the New Testament, with just a, a broad question. And if it's a short comment, just shout it out. If it's something more lengthy, uh, and we do welcome comments, as, as Brother John said in his introduction to part two of the Harmony of the Gospels, but uh, if you have something more lengthy, uh, for the benefit of those who are watching online, just raise your hand and Jason will get your microphone. But I want to start with just some, a couple of softball questions. What is, and non-competitive softball, uh, what is the book of Judges about in a phrase? What do we know about it? Say that one more time. Dividing the land, Okay. So uh, it certainly has a relationship with the book of Joshua, uh, and there's some parallels in the text in Joshua 13 and 15 and chapter 1 tonight, where we get into this division of the land. Very good. What else? Cycle. And for those of you who couldn't see what Kerry did, he went like this. And we're going we're gonna to do some images tonight. And I referenced this, I think, in my sermon on Sunday, this idea of ups and downs. Uh, highs and lows, highs and lows. So if you, so if you want to understand the book of Judges, all you got to do is understand this. You get the book of Judges, okay? Or you got this. We're going to do that here in a minute as well. Be dizzy tonight and when we're all done, okay? What else? Cycle of highs and lows, settlement of the land as a continuation of the book of Joshua. Yes, Brother Derek? Beautiful. The people did not obey God, that's part one, and instead they did what they wanted to do. And the result of that is the story of the cycles in the book of Judges. So very good, Derek. Anything else? God's long-suffering is seen even in spite of the sinfulness of the people and their refusal to do what was right, even in spite of we've seen this cycle over and over again, especially as it plays out in the later part of the book of Judges. We won't see a lot of that tonight, uh, but we'll see that in the course of the next four to six weeks. Long-suffering of God. Very good. Anything else? And, of course, it is a story about the judges, which we'll talk about who they are, uh, what kind of uh, people they were um, in our third slide, I think. Uh, yeah, second or third slide coming up. Very good. Um, as I was coming in tonight, it's a good thing that I had prepared for this because Brother John Grimmett said, the people did what was right in their own eyes because there was no king in that day or something along that line. And, you know, if you make that statement... Without any context, you're like, what are you talking about? But I, but I, I quickly caught on. Oh, I think he's talking about something we're talking about tonight. And we're going to get into that passage tonight in, uh, in just a moment or so. So let's start with, I want to do an introduction to the book of Judges. 
uh, I want to talk about what Carrie was talking about and what Derek was talking about, these cycles. Uh, and you are going to be glad you're here tonight because it's, it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm ex- I've been excited about this for months. And then we're going to do an overview of chapter one. That'll take us for five to ten minutes. Uh, we'll read through part of that text, not every verse, although it's not incredibly long. And then we are going to try to make some applications throughout our study, as I like to do, especially with some of these Old Testament books. And yes, there are applications from chapter one, which is a whole lot of names and places and things like that. So let's start with an introduction. Um, the first thing that I wanted to point out is that not always do the places where the books in the Bible appear fit perfectly. There could always, there's always debate as to whether, well, maybe that book belongs a little bit later or that book belongs a little bit earlier. But it seems to me that when you look at Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, that those first seven books seem to work very well in the order. And as students of the Bible who are familiar with, for example, the Old Testament, we know that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy could be viewed as one very lengthy book. In fact, sometimes it's called the second book of Moses, Exodus, or the fifth book of Moses, Deuteronomy. Um, In terms of memorization, uh, someone once said, just remember that Joshua judges Ruth, even though Joshua never judged Ruth. But remember those three together. Reminds me of what Wendy was telling me about one of our young people, and I say young, very young, like maybe seven years old, who thought that God bruised James, that he punched James because he bruised, he bruised James. <laughs> so she had to correct and said, no, he didn't bruise James. <laughs> it's Hebrews, James in the New Testament. It's the order in which they occur. So, so I, thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty cute, pretty neat. All right. All right, so when you think about it, let's, let's look at those books here. We studied the book of Genesis about a year ago, and you suffered through 13 weeks of me with Genesis. It's all about the beginning. It's not just the beginning of time. It's the beginning of humanity. It's the beginning of sin. It's the beginning of redemption. It's the beginning of God's long suffering that Jonathan talked about. It's a story of beginnings. Exodus, how would you describe the book of Exodus in 10 words or less? Deliverance of God's people, very good. That's, that's four words. That's less than what I got. The enslavement and rescue of God's people is what I put up there, same concept. And that's 40 chapters that's filled with all kinds of richness. And uh, David took us through that recently. We did not do a study of Leviticus and Numbers, though we are going to go back and pick up in the book of Numbers, I think briefly tonight, if, if I remember my notes from earlier. Yes, I want to look at Numbers at one point. But... What is Leviticus and Numbers about in three words or less? It's like a game show. Except I'm not as good looking as the game show personalities. Law and history. So I put up there all about laws and about history. I should have put that as well, laws and history. And Brian Bain did a very good job of taking us through Deuteronomy. Uh, In some ways, it's a tough book to teach, uh, because it summarizes so much of that law and hits it that second time, the second law rendering. And then the book of Joshua, uh, Miss Janie kind of talked about that a little bit, setting us up and did a nice job of that. Conquest and settlement of the land, 24 chapters there. 
And then the book of Judges, as Carrie has pointed out, could be called a book of cycles of righteousness and unrighteousness repeated. Whether you're thinking about circles or whether you're thinking about a, a, a graph going up and down, where it's peaks and valleys, uh, like an economic uh, graph is what I'm thinking in my head. Uh, it's this idea of cycles that are repeated over and over because of what Derek rightly pointed out, the people's choice to not obey God and instead to do their own thing. All right? So in order to understand the book of Judges, we could, if we wanted to, and we're not, read two verses, close up our Bibles, and go home tonight and have a pretty good understanding of what the book of Judges is all about. And that's the first verse and the last verse. So open to Judges chapter 1, and then open to Judges 21. And Judges 21, 25 is a verse that you will either have already memorized, or certainly conceptually you, you will memorize over the course of the next 13 weeks, because it really is the theme of everything we're talking about. Judges chapter 1 follows on the heels of the book of Joshua, and of course, we see where Joshua dies in chapter 2 of the book of Judges. And it says, after the death of Joshua, so it's kind of, it's kind of giving a preview of what's going to happen chapter 2 moving forward. It says, after the death of Joshua, we know who Joshua was. He was the, the, the bold, dynamic leader of the people uh, that took over for Moses, It came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall be first to go up against the Canaanites to fight against them? And then we get into that answer, and we see where uh, Judah and Simeon and other tribes either fail or succeed, which we'll talk about that in the course of our study tonight. Couldn't have picked a better night for a lightning storm. It's kind of ominous tonight. For those of you that are watching from home, it's lightning here in Murfreesboro. After the death of Joshua, Joshua, in my mind, is kind of like this great leader, but also a safety net, wherein the people would want to do wrong, but Joshua says, hold up, before we do that, let's make sure that we consult what the Lord wants us to do. And in many ways, he's very Moses-esque as this great leader or spokesman for God. And so while Joshua was around, things weren't perfect. But things were fairly well in the fact that God's people were blessed because of good leadership. What happens when good leaders pass away? Well, you hope that another good leader comes in their place. Because even though God is our ultimate leader, we still need earthly leaders in some way. Whether that be political, Romans chapter 13... Or whether that be spiritual, the whole concept of having pastors overseeing a local congregation. We need leadership to help keep us on the right road. And when that leader goes away, there needs to be someone else. And so Joshua is buried. And so we say goodbye to Joshua. And then we all kind of look around at each other and we say, who's going to take his place? Well, let's go to Judges chapter 21, verse 25. And we see the statement that is made here that is made repeatedly. I did not count all the different times this statement is used. I should have, but I I was thinking about that last week, but I didn't. It says, in those days, 
There was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And that really goes to the heart of what Derek was saying just a moment or so ago. No king. There's no Moses. There's no Joshua. There's no Aaron. There's no spiritual leader, at least in the same vein as which Joshua would have led them. And the people just did what was right in their own eyes. What happens when that happens? Nothing good. Yep. As Peter Noon would say, something tells me I'm into something not good. Some of you don't even know who Peter Noon is. A couple of you do. Mark that down. After the death of Joshua and then 21, 25, no king in Israel, everyone doing what is right in their own eyes. If you understand this, you, this, uh, this concept, you've got the book of Judges. And then if you understand the cycles up and down and circular that we're going to talk about here in just a few moments, you've got that as well. Uh, let's talk about the word that Miss Janie kind of referenced, and that is the word um, judge. Oh, actually, let me let me go back here. Before that, I forgot I wanted to talk about Deuteronomy 12 real quickly. Deuteronomy 12, verse 8, and then Psalm 12, verse 4. And you'll see why I picked these verses here in just a moment. Deuteronomy 12, uh, which is talking about how to appropriately worship God. And I, I remember... Uh, about a third of the way through Brian's class, we went through chapter 12, and it says, you shall not at all do as we are doing here today, every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes, because as Nate said, when that happens, nothing good transpires. We have to have someone helping us, guide us, because as human beings, we have this frailty where when we are left to our own choices and our own whims, then I get to decide what's right and you get to decide what's right. Uh, It was Madison who said, if men were angels, there would be no need of government. And then he went on dot, 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 James Madison, that is. And he says, but men are not angels. And he says, that's why we need government. Now we could have talked to Romans, we could have looked at Romans 13 and summarized that better than Madison did so. But the whole point is, is we need someone helping us, guide us. We need parents. We need school teachers. We need um, police. We need elders. Because if we're left to our own choices, who's to say that you might say, well, this is what I want to do. And there has to be some commonality of what is right versus what is wrong. That being said, turn over to Psalm 12 real quickly here. Psalm 12 and verse 14. Or, sorry, it's 12, verse 4. Um, verse 3, May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things, who have said, With our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? And there the psalmist is really highlighting this idea that if I'm Lord over myself and no one else tells me what to do, I'm left to my own choices. That's great for me, but what if you disagree with me? It makes for a really ugly society. It makes for a really difficult environment in which to live. So let's go back to the point that I was going to make just a second or so ago, and that is what Miss Janie pointed out, and that is the term judge. What does the term mean? 
And what does it signify? Who are these characters? Who are these men and one woman who serve as judges? And in your essay, describe, contrast it with how we would otherwise use the word judge today. So what are the, what are the judges? What is Samson and Deborah and the others? Deliverers is a great word. There's a number of words. We use. They are deliverers. Deliverers, right? What else? Rescuers. Any other words? Those are the two big ones that get used most often. Executioners. They are the ones who say, this is not right. You didn't do what is right. I'll come in and do what's right. You didn't, you didn't deal with them? I'll hack him for you to pieces, right? Okay? They're different than judges in the sense that we look at them. We look at judges as almost hands-off, on the bench, dignified in their robes. These guys, certainly, and girl, were dignified, but they were very hands-on, sometimes literally in the case of hacking of Agag, right? Um, you have people who literally get involved and say, you need to stop doing this. I'm going to force you to stop doing that. I'm here to rescue you or I'm here to deliver you. I'm here to redeem you. I'm here to help you. And you must listen to what I say. And if you don't, then things will not work out well. And all glory from these judges, at least most of them, at most of the times, we'll talk about some of the exceptions, goes back to not their own power, but it goes back to the Lord, which is what we'll talk about in the, in the last 10 minutes of our class. Any comments before we get into uh, what I'm calling the cycles? All right. If you want a copy of this, you're welcome to either do what I did and steal it off the internet, or you can ask me for it, and I'd be happy to give it to you. And I tried to make it big enough so that you can see it. Because I'm getting old and I have trouble seeing in the fifth row back, sixth row back. But start at the very top and work with me going to the right. Israel serves the Lord. When you serve the Lord, things go well. Now, things don't always go well in a physical sense because it's perspective. We may have to stumble and, and suffer in this life. Peter talks about that throughout the entire book of 1 Peter. But I'm serving the Lord but then I fall. And when I fall, I fall into sin and idolatry. Because really at the root of it, all sin is idolatry. All idolatry is sin. When that happens, I am punished. I am enslaved. Then after a period of time, I say, woe is me. Why am I in this predicament? Why am I having such a bad series of months or or years? Lord, will you please help me? God says, I will help you. And the way that I'm choosing to help you is by raising up a judge, a deliverer, or a rescuer, who in turn, upper left, delivers Israel so that they can now come back and say, I will serve the Lord. And then what happens that is not on this chart? What's the key thing that is not on this chart that I wish was that would, that would appear right about here. There's a slash here. 
what would that be? What happens? The judge dies. So the leader dies. You have the same thing, even though Joshua wasn't a judge, Joshua was this leader who had this power to kind of hold things together. He's dead. Now the people are left saying, well, we'll do what's right in our own eyes. There's no king, there's no leader, there's no judge, there's no prophet, there's no, nobody. And the cycle starts again. If you get to John here, uh, Jason, if you get this, you will get the book of Judges. Yes. One other thing that's sort of missing, it's implied, I guess, is at the bottom where it says, Israel cries out to the Lord, I would put repentance there. Absolutely. And um, when we get into um, our second slide after this, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Absolutely, repentance. So, That would be right about here. Israel cries out to the Lord and says, we will change. We will repent. Okay? Now, maybe you don't like that chart. Maybe that one's not, maybe that's not pretty enough for you. These, I don't know what preachers did before the internet. I'm kidding. I've I've been preaching before the internet. Start at one. The people sin. Then the people are oppressed. Then they make supplication. God provides salvation. Here's the repentance that Brother John was talking about. Then the people are at rest or at peace. And then in between the orange and the pink is where the judge dies. And this happens over and over and over and over and over again in the book of Judges. Again, if you get that, you've got a pretty good grasp of what the book of Judges is about. Maybe... You are not a visual learner, and you like pictures. I don't like pictures. That's fine. Okay, move on. But maybe you like alliteration. Every preacher's favorite tool. Well, some of us, we like it. But alliteration's fun. And and when you're writing a sermon and you get on a roll with alliteration, oh, it's just like, it's fun. Okay, so... Yeah, I've already told you, I like, uh, I like the Count. Someone once said, who's your favorite vampire? And they said, the Count from Sesame Street. He said, he doesn't count. He says, I assure you, he does count. <laughs> but today's Bible class is brought to you by the letter R and the letter S. Letter R, which goes back to what Brother John was talking about just a moment or so ago. And that is, all right, what do you got? Cycle of R's. Starts out with Righteousness. People are righteous. People are faithful to the Lord. But then what do they do? What's the, what's, what do they, they, they rebel. So this is a game of, unless you've seen my notes, you get bonus points for this. They rebel. So I was righteous, but then I rebel. This is, talk about application for the way that we live. I live righteously, but then I rebel against God. Then after I rebel comes, this one's a little bit harder. God provides what you could call retribution, to stick with ours here. After retribution, then comes the very important word that is true in New Testament and Old Testament times, and that is repentance. And then after repentance comes rescue, uh, or you could even say redemption. And then the cycle starts again. So you can see that, hopefully you're seeing the point that I'm trying to make here is more than comical uh, with my jokes, which aren't very good, is the idea that 
human behavior is human behavior. And, you know, um, I think it was, I forget who it was, a week or so ago in one of the Bible classes said, you know, it's easy to look at these people of old and say, shame on them. We would never do that. But we can be just as sinful as these individuals and be righteous. And then the next month or even the next day, rebel against the Lord. Okay? So maybe you want S's. All right? Let's do S's for a moment. Uh, Starts out with service to God, faithful service to God. I'm doing what he wants me to do. But then I sin against the Lord. And then I am put into slavery. And then I am made to be sad but then I seek out a savior or a rescuer or a deliverer. So you have two circles to pick from. You have carries up and down that you could pick up, uh, pick from. You have alliteration you can pick from. You have a lot of different options as, as kind of just tools to remember what the book of Judges is about. And many ways we already knew that. It's just kind of putting it on paper or at least on the screen for us to look at. Again, uh, happy to share these things with you uh, if you want them. Just let me know, and I'll, I'll email them to you or print them off for you. All right. Any other comments before we get into the text of chapter 1? Good comments so far. Anything we're missing? Okay. Let's go ahead to Judges chapter 1, and I want to read verses 2 through verse 7. And then come back and make some observations about the text. And I'm going to spend 10 minutes on the text here before our time runs away. Verse 2, the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Now that makes sense from our study of Genesis, right? Because Judah was which of the four sons? You have have a one in 12 shot of getting it right. He was number four, right? And why, and this is beyond the scope of our study tonight, but do you remember kind of why it would make sense that Judah comes first, why he references Judah first as opposed to Simeon or Levi or Reuben? He's going to have a preeminent position partly because the Very good. So it's both forward-looking and backward-looking. It goes back to the book of Genesis to some of the choices that were made uh, by Reuben, Simeon, and Levi, the first three sons. And I like the way John kind of, uh, Jonathan points to the forward that he's going to be the one from whom, obviously, to us as Christians, our Savior comes from. So that's very, very important. So he says here that Judah shall go up. Indeed, I have delivered the land into his hand. I have delivered. Future tense, I've delivered. There's, that's That's worthy of just thinking about for a few moments over the next few days. So Judah said to Simeon, his brother, come up with me to my allotted territory that we may fight against the Canaanites. And I will likewise go with you to your allotted territory. And Simeon went with him and then Judah went up. The Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand and they killed 10,000 men at Basic. I want to pause there for just a moment because did you notice what verse 4 said that I kind of highlighted about Six to seven minutes ago. What happened in verse four? The text reminds us that it wasn't because of Judah's ingenuity or Judah's strength or Simeon said, I've got a great idea to to beat the enemy. 
The Lord made it happen. In heavenly armor, we'll enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord, right? The victory belongs to him, all right? Very, very good. Compare verse 19, where we see this happen a couple of different times in the text. The Lord was with Judah. They drove out the mountaineers, but they could not drive out the inhabitants of the lowland because they had chariots of iron. A couple of different things we could say about that, but the, the reason I put up verse 19 just as a way of comparison is because, again, it says the battle belonged to the Lord. The victory belonged to God. When we have victories, this is not an application of the three that I made. When we have victories of faith and victories in our lives, rather than it being, look at, look at the success I have made, it's, it's God's victory. He's the one who deserves all the credit. And it reminds me of that timeless verse where Jesus says in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine among men before men that they may see your good works, that it may glorify not yourself, but your father who is in heaven. We are reflecting him. All right, verse five, they fought Adonai Bezek in Bezek and fought against him and they defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Then Adonai Bezek fled, they pursued him, they caught him, they cut off his thumbs and big toes and Adonai Bezek said 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off, used to gather scraps under my table as I have done so God has repaid me. He brought him, they brought him to Jerusalem and there Adonai Bezek died. So just a, a quick point here and I think we were probably have figured it out but why the, I mean, the treatment of Adonai Bezek Justice is one way of putting it, yeah. How was, and how was that justice? Verse 7 kind of fills in the blank, doesn't it? That this is the way that he had done to people, and now it's coming back to him. And he even said that almost in poetic terms. He said, the, the things that I have done have now come back and revisited me. Why the, why the toes and why the thumbs? That would keep them from war, right? Unable to run, able, unable to, to fire a weapon, to pull back with your thumb on a, on a string to fire an arrow, all those kinds of things. So it's really handicapping uh, the individuals to whom that is done so that they're unable to, to fight further. Verse 8, the children of Judah fought against Jerusalem, took it, struck it with the edge of the sword, and set the city on fire. And afterward, the children of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanite who dwelt in the mountains in the south and the lowland. Then Judah was against the Canaanites, verse 10, who dwelt in Hebron. The name of Hebron was formerly Kirjath Arba, and they killed Sheshai, Ahiman, and Talmai. From there they went against the inhabitants of Deber. The name Deber or Deber was formerly Kirjath Sefer. Then Caleb said, whoever attacks Kirjath Sefer and takes it to him, I will give my daughter Achish as wife. And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it, gave him his daughter Asius, his wife, as wife. Now it happened when she came to him that she urged him to ask her father for a field. She dismounted from her donkey. Caleb said to her, what do you wish? Give me a blessing since you have given me the land in the south. Give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her upper springs and lower springs. Then in verse 16, and I know we're kind of going quickly here. We're not going to look at every verse in this text. But verse 16, the children of the Kenite or Canite, Moses' father-in-law, went up from the city of Palms with the children of Judah into the wilderness of Judah. 
So let's talk very briefly about the Canaanites or the Kenites. Who are these people? And I put up the answer already, but turn back, if you would, real quickly to the book of Numbers, uh, chapter 10. And I want to read three or four verses here. Numbers chapter 10, beginning in verse 29. Numbers 10, 29 says, Moses said to Hobab, the son of Reuel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, we are setting out for the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will treat you well for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. He says, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and to my relatives. And Moses said in verses 31 through 32, please do not leave and as much as you know how we are to camp in the wilderness and you can be our eyes and it shall be if you go with us, indeed it shall be that whatever good the Lord will do to us, the same we will do to you. So there's this union, there's this relationship that transpires that now is playing out many years later. Uh, Drop down to verse 22. It says, and the house of Joseph also went up against Bethel. And the next phrase after the comma in verse 22, the Lord was with them. Again, the Lord was with them. Going back to verses 4, verse 19, verse 22, continuing to be a focus on God bless them. They were not successful because of their military uh, abilities, They were successful because of the Lord, and he deserves all the credit. Um, If if we're not careful, we'll forget that in in making our applications. All right, anything else on the first 26 verses? I know, uh, yeah, Brother Jonathan, I know we've kind of flown through that, but I I wanted to spend a lot of time on the introduction. Uh, Brother Jonathan. Yeah, one of the more interesting things in this is um, in verse uh, 10, the son, uh, these three names, and you, get, you learn in verse 20, these are the three sons of Anak. And God said um, that he would drive them out. Turns out these are those giants that they were so concerned about. And Caleb said, we can go take them. He was one of the two, of course. And Excellent then observation. God gives him, the, gives him Hebron and says, you got it. <laughs> I'm going to let you go in and take the land away from those giants, just like you said you could. And so he showed them a, a great victory that day through the Lord. And, and a beautiful way of saying that. And notice the last three words that Jonathan used. Victory through the Lord. Perfect. Very good. I'm glad you brought up the, the giants, the Anak people. Okay. Verse 27 starts with what word? At least in the New King James Version. Uh, but what word do you have in your Bibles? However or but are probably the two words that you have, right? And whenever you have that word in a study like this, you're like, man, something bad's about to happen. Things are going so well. However, and then it says, Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Bashin and its villages. Drop down to verse 29. Nor did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites. Verse 30. Nor did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants. Verse 31, nor did Asher drive out the inhabitants. 33, nor did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants. 
And then verse 34, 35, 36, we see where there's a little bit more flavor to this. Going back to where Derek started this out so nicely, people doing wrong, not doing what the Lord wants them to do. What was the, this is something that people who are not students of the Bible, who've never picked up the Old Testament, will be very confused on. But in a, in a, in a sentence or two, and if you want a microphone, Jason will get it to you. Why drive him out? We know why. They know why, but a brand new student of the Bible may say, what's the big deal about driving all these people out of their lands? How, do we, how would you explain that to someone if you only had 20 seconds? Say again? Leaven. And then the guy says, okay, I know what leaven is. So then go, I think it's beautiful. And that's like one second, right? A little leaven leavens the whole lump, right? And God says, these people, if you allow them to intermarry, to interdwell, to live with you, they will leaven you. They will cause you to think like them, to talk like them, and to worship like them. And that's a very dangerous thing. And we see that play out in the Old Testament, right? For a number of books are written about individuals who failed to do what was done here. And it's kind of like if we were to draw a line that was just at a small angle here from left to right, and the angle gets a little bit bigger, then it gets a little bit bigger, then it's bigger, then it's bigger. And by the time we get to the far right side of the auditorium, those lines are 30 feet apart, where we started only a, a centimeter apart over here. Opening the door a little bit, provides opportunity for great and horrible things to occur. All right, very, very good. Anything else on chapter one before we've got, it looks like two minutes left here. All right, Um, what applications? Why does the Holy Spirit include Judges one for us? Because as I I said in our study of Genesis, um, that I did a year or so ago. It's more than just academic. It's more than just checking a box saying, I studied the book of Genesis. I've studied the book of Judges. I read chapter one. I don't know what it was about. It's just a bunch of names. But what are the applications we can make? I've got three. What do you have? I like that. Foundation of why. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense if you don't have chapter one, right? Very, very good foundation of why these things are happening and you have to have the foundation before you move forward let me suggest you the three that i came up one we are very forgetful people and we make repeated errors if we're not cautious about our choices and we'll look at the um the cycle and we'll say bless their hearts look at the wrong they're doing they would just not wake up And we can do the same thing. Individually, we can do that as a congregation if we're not careful. We've seen congregations do that, which were were strong and sound and doing everything the Lord wanted. And then they allowed sin to creep in. They rebelled. And then things just went down the tubes from there. So we've got to be very careful to not forget about the fact that our choices have consequences. Number two... Uh, The battle and victory belongs to the Lord. He deserves not just some of the credit, but he deserves all the credit. So when someone compliments you 
on your integrity, on your honesty, on your hard work, on whatever the case may be. Nothing wrong with accepting that compliment. We want compliments. We'd read, that's, better, that's better than people saying bad things about us, right? And they being truthful. But if we can somehow work into that conversation, you know, that's the way that Christians are supposed to act. And I'm just trying to be like Jesus. You know, it's something, bring it back to him. Bring it back to God's word. And then thirdly and finally, a lack of obedience to completely, I should have underlined that word, completely do as the Lord has commanded leads to devastating consequences, which is the next 20 chapters. So any final comments in our last 30 seconds? Appreciate the uh, good attention tonight. Hopefully that helps. Uh, if you want those charts or pictures, be happy to share them with you because they're helpful to me to kind of memorize some of these things. All right, we'll break there. Thank you all very much.